who did it, of course, from those damn crows. A band who were formed in 2014 in Bridgen by school friend Shane Greenall, Ronnie Huxford and Ian Shiner-Thomas, and were later joined by David Winchurch and Lloyd Wood. After great acclaim for their live shows and releasing a self-financed album, they signed to Earache Records in 2018, releasing a debut album in October that year, slightly different tracks. Their second album, Point of No Return from 2020, reached number 14 in the UK album chart, although promoting and touring the album proved difficult due to the COVID pandemic. They played the likes of Download, Steelhouse, Stone Dead, Festivals and prestigious local places like Chepstow and Cardiff Castle. The band have taken out to... Uh, taking time out to write and record album number three to be called Inhale Exhale produced by Dan Weller and it's due out the 17th of February that's next Friday but ahead of the release in the forthcoming UK tour Shane and Ronnie have found a bit of time for us on this week's rock show good evening gentlemen good evening Andy good evening Andy this has been a long time coming because, because as you well know we've been trying to get you in for well ages but yes. the, the, the pandemic really shut us down didn't it absolutely as it did for everyone it's so great to be here bud thanks for having us no problem no problem and once again congratulate i've heard the new album i know we can't play them all tonight but what a corker it is Thank i think you, man. i think it's got up a level again it's been it's been so fun to impress these last couple of days because apart from the band nobody else has heard the album so it's like people are hearing the album in its entirety and and, and saying amazing things so thank you bud really appreciate it we're dead chuffed and proud of it um, just can't wait now for next Friday, so, you know, Joe Public can listen to it. Mm. And you've, you say you've been very busy with, with everything you've been doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, even in the last two days, there's been <laughs> two mega announcements. You're supporting yes. the Goo Goo Dolls. Yes. And you've been announced today as playing Steelhouse as special guest. This is amazing. It, it really is. It's You're been, on a roll. It's been an absolutely mental couple of days, but, you know, it's so good to be busy again as a band, do you know what I mean? And, of course. Um, that diary filling up with these amazing shows. Steelhouse, I mean, we're buzzing over there. We've known for a while, and we've been trying to keep it uh, quiet. Oh, but it's, it's quite so difficult, hard. you know, when everyone's so saying, are you, playing, are you playing Steelhouse? And we're like, no. <laughs> you know, even even when you reply, no. It's like, we've blagged it a few times as well, really haven't we? Have. Especially locally, a lot of people we know go to that festival, so they were, you're Girl. bound to be up here this year. Yeah. Eh, nah, you know, we, we might be up here next year or whatever. So, yeah, we've blagged it really well. Have you played it twice before? Is it two uh, times? Uh, three, three times, three, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do oh, believe. Why? Yeah, I remember the first time we played there. Um, was that a Friday night? Or that Thursday was a night? Friday night with Buffalo Summer. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. I and then we played there and we were so chuffed. We were like, wow, it was probably our biggest show, wasn't it, at, yes. the, at the time? And and just thinking, oh, we'll have to we'll have to get and do that again, you know, up, up the Steelhouse. And then we were emailing Mikey for years after and he never replied. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing how, you, how things change, isn't it? And today, though, announcing that a special guest as well. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a real honour. We love Stilos, and now uh, we've got to we've got to bring it because the lineup is absolutely killer. Tis, tis, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, um, I want to go back um, for those people who don't know too much about the band. I want to go back to the very early days. Um, you got together in Bridge End because you're all from Bridge End. Yes, um, and and you were school friends. You two were school friends, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, myself myself and Shane were in the same year, um, so we spent a lot of time in our music room jamming. Thank, uh, thankfully, our music teacher kind of brought us together even more, didn't he? Mm. Um, so where we were very sporty and we'd play football, rugby, etc., he kind of 
give us this place to create so we'd always be in there jamming um, bought a drum kit for me pretty much give Shane the run of the piano yeah. uh, when nobody else was allowed to touch no the other piano. kid was allowed on the piano um, <laughs> so it was tremendous that at our age and I think when we went into college um, that's when we kind of gelled with Shiner and yeah. we got our first proper band together and started going well we went straight to London didn't we yeah we did that yeah. was the thanks to another good teacher good lecturer who sadly is new um, he basically said like look guys you know you need to get up to London that's where they'll notice you mm. um, so we started doing jam nights locally mm. and from there he got us onto a onto a bus and up we went took a lot of people with us and started showcasing up in london so can, can you remember your first ever gig oh that God, would have been we, the memorial yeah. hall <laughs> literally across the road from where we went to school in bring in um i think i how many people were there but they must have been 15 20 <laughs> yeah we went to brinketh junior school together right and um okay. there's a memorial all literally right outside so if anybody knows that and mm. yeah that's what shane's on about it was like a but charity it, event but it's so funny we had there was no singing it was like an instrumental oh, thing. It was tremendous. Right. It was but tremendous. then um i think i sang one song but i, I hadn't found my voice then andy oh, okay i'm not sure if i found it now but well, uh, well, me and you were jamming i remember and i don't want to name his name or, or whatever but um i remember me and shane were jamming one song that we we rehearsed while the the keyboard player at the time went rogue and started playing like he, he played something completely different didn't he La Bamba yeah. or something like oh me and you were doing like La Bamba or something yeah. and it yeah. was so random like he was really good man he was trained and everything and, and had lessons but um yeah it was, it was a weird band but I mean that was our first experience of playing to you know yeah. people and, like and us, was yeah. it those damn crows at the time oh, hell oh no. god no. No, no 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 this wouldn't even <laughs> no, have no. A, a real band name oh, okay. if that makes sense it was just a bunch of us kind of I doing a we, gig I, I think we actually called ourselves this is very extreme oh. but there was a band already called Extreme, but um, <laughs> I think we did one gig and that was the end of that. But that, that, that later on led into you know a rock band that we were, we were in, uh, myself, Ronnie, and China, uh, Shirker, and we went up to London. Then, as Ronnie said, with Phil Jones, was an absolute legend. He used to played be in, in Covent Garden yeah. and stuff. And um, yeah, we were on tour with them, and, and he, he was just amazing, like that man. He just grabbed these local bands and just yeah, let's let's go on tour. And uh, we learned so much from him. Mark Jones as well, another one, and. Um, yeah, just amazing. Like when we were kids, there were so many people that were ready to help. You know what I mean? And just give us a guitar and give us kit and go and go and be creative. Incredible, amazing. Um, now I want to know about the, the 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 debut album that you you self financed mm. because this kind of was self released in 2016. I mentioned yes. it in the intro there, um, and and apparently it's highly sought after these days. Yes. Um, <laughs> But when you signed to Eric, it was like re-released. It was it became the murder and the motive. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, yeah, we we self-released it ourselves. It, it done pretty good considering it, you know it was all sort of DIY. Eric loved it. Uh, part of the reason how we got the record deal with them, and um, they just wanted to repackage it. We actually worked with Mike Exeter. I was worked with Judas Priest and um, and what have you, and and we had uh, we'd recorded a couple of new tracks, and then that they came on the Eurek release so um yeah it was it was it was amazing actually yeah we had the double stab really didn't we of of the album it was, it was yeah it was a weird because we look back and um the process at the time made sense to us because we'd been in bands for years mm. so we decided with this band we all had jobs we all had an income didn't we so we were mm. like we'll self-finance it this will be our our thing um but we're gonna go to rockfield 
we're going to record it where we want to record it. Yeah. Um, many nights of meetings when outside, like music box in Cardiff, till four or five in the morning. It would close at like midnight, and we'd finish rehearsing, and we'd stay there till four or five in the morning. And then we came up, we plotted the plan of let's just do the record that we want to do. Um, and I think we were going to have Colin Richardson work with us yeah. at that time, but he couldn't kind of marry it up. And as BNS, we were like, well, let's just crack on, let's just let's get it done. Um, so we went in and recorded the album before we actually went out on the road. Yeah, before we did shows. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, well, well, the first thing that most people heard, I think, and I'm, please forgive me if I've got this wrong, was a track called Blink of an Eye. All right. No, that wasn't the first one. Okay. Uh, Fear of the Broken was the first oh, okay. song right. we released. Okay. Well, should we play Fear of the Broken instead? Yeah, then? Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Um, I actually thought Blink of the Eye was the one, or Blink of an Eye was the one, but I've got that wrong, so I do apologise. So Fear of the Broken, we'll play that instead. Yes, Fear of the Broken from the Murder and the Motive album. From our guests tonight, those damn crows, Shane and Ronnie are here. Don't forget, get your questions in. Rock show at gtfm.co.uk. We've got quite a few, which we'll get into later. I don't, want to, I don't want to kind of burn you out with loads of questions <laughs> from the people in the public. So it was two years until you signed with Ear- Earache, and it was just because they liked your your album, your self-finance album? Is that what we're saying? Yeah, they, they loved the, the album, but they came to watch us and we were actually supporting Massive Wagons in Nottingham and Digby, the owner of Eurek Records came and watched and um, he actually came to the merch table and, and we didn't really know who he was but he was just bowled over and after speaking to him later it was just like how much time we had for the fans and stuff and and he was really impressed with that. And the next thing you know, we were up there at Uric Records HQ um, signing the record deal. Well, we landed from Ibiza and went and signed the deal, didn't we? I think Did that we? was it, yeah. We went up to Ibiza, did one of those, uh, back in the day, the HRH Ibiza Rocks or whatever oh, yeah, it was called. Yeah. And um, we were chuffed with that. Um, had a bit of an Ollie Bob together, didn't yes. we? Like, and then um, it was great for the band, like, you know, especially being away together. And then got back and literally went straight up to Nottingham and signed the deal. Tell us about, you were going to talk about the video of that song, Fear of the Broken, Ronnie. Yeah, Fear of the Broken. I mean, um, first track to be released. And I remember Shane having the idea for the video. So for anybody who's seen it, it's, um, it's loads of CGI. Um, we're, in a, we're in a box and the glass shattering and stuff like that. Um, it was done by... Richard Oakes, yeah, Dark Fable Media. Incredibly talented guy. And, and it was lucky, actually, because he was working on a project himself, like a sci-fi film short film and i told him about the idea and he kind of combined the two so it was the time it was absolutely perfect but the video came out amazing i kind of turned a few words and ended up on kerrang um and that was our first kind of release and everybody kind of yeah first time they heard the crows i just remember there was the talk yet again we were self-funding everything at that point no no label and it was like you know, a standard video, say, for example, was a couple of hundred quid, and it was more like a community centre video where you're all, like, yeah. rocking out with no effects or anything. And then we had this idea, and obviously the budget was far more, but we were like, let's go big, let's go yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, when it came back and we started feeding it out, as yeah. Shane said, it was like, everybody was like, wow, first video, uh, new band, we expected you to be more in a room jamming or whatever, so, you know, this is worthy of getting on Kerrang! And it did. So we were unsigned, etc. Well, one, thi- one thing I'm going to talk about later, but we might as well touch on it now, is that you are very hands-on, you? you do 
get involved in everything. I mean, yes. you know, there's not only is there the, obviously the music, but there's so many more things that by being in a band that you you personally. All the, I mean, all the guys, five yeah. of you, get involved in. Yes. You know, like, and, and one good example is your Crowcast. I mean, that's yeah. turned into a bleeding television program, virtually. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, the industry has changed so much. Um, you do have to go above and beyond, really. You do have to do a little bit extra um, just to keep yourself current and out there. Um, it's not just about the music, sadly, which... For me, personally, I'd love it. it was just about the music and just record albums. But, yeah, we're a hard-working band. And, um, but, I mean, Cro Crowcast came about just because of, obviously, COVID. We couldn't do our shows live. So Crowcast became our Saturday mm. night, you know, on a Tuesday mm. night. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the feedback has been immense through Cro Crowcast. And yeah. it was just touching base for the fans. And it's really good. It's even, you know, you've got production values in it, you know, mm. with the little jingles yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if you talk about something, Ronnie puts up the, you know, the tour dates yes. and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. great. It's really well done. Yeah, thanks, man. Just I'm not just saying that. We you know? going, didn't we? Yeah, totally. It'd be like we'd have... It took up so much time as well. That's why it's become less. Because as you know yourself, when you're doing a show, you have to prep for the show. Of course. So most of our week was prepping, and then it become more more of a full-time thing because mm. it was a case of like Shane said we couldn't gigs were off the off the table so then we were scheduling a month's worth of guests then we had PR contacting us so then it was a completely different landscape of dealing with management dealing with PR um, working out what we had to promote what working out like while we were talking what we had to get over um, so it was um, yeah it was just completely different to what we initially started which was just a bunch of us on uh, on a TV screen just talking rubbish yeah the first one was a bit sort yeah. of a car crash <laughs> but they always are aren't they you know yeah of course exactly. um, but yeah, it was it was tremendous, and everybody who came on and supported it, we, we're so grateful. Like I remember when I started in radio, it was a bit of a car crash. <laughs> there you go. Right, we're going to play the first track from the new album that we were able to play, um, and and it's the first track that you released, yes. basically called "Wake Up Sleepwalker." Um, how excited are you about the new album, Very. We really are, man. It's 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 been a long time coming. We actually recorded it over a year ago now, so it's like we've been sitting on it, waiting, waiting, waiting. And it's, it's finally happening. It's really exciting. Okay, let's play Wake Up Sleepwalker. That is Wake Up Sleepwalker from the brand new album, Inhale, Exhale, from uh, Those Damn Crows. Next Friday, uh, we're going to be playing several tracks from it tonight, all the ones we're allowed to play. It's coming out in loads of different formats, isn't it? Which is well cool. It is. It is very cool. It's even coming out on cassette tape. Really? It's like, what? <laughs> so amazing, but yeah. I'm, we're, I mean, Uric are brilliant at that, Uric Records. It's got every colour under the sun. Um, and yeah, th th I think it's on a USB as well, is it? USB stick, cassette. You can get lanyards where yeah. you upload a code and you get special editions. Um, yeah, like Shane said, you know, you pick a colour and it's it's there, like, you know. Amazing. And, um, yeah. It's tremendous. They do a great job of selling yeah. the record, in all fairness. Like, and for collectors as well, they've really hit that market because I think... Um, other labels are starting to follow now as well. They're starting to look at what they've done um, and notice that there's a massive market for collectors, like you know, especially so. especially coloured vinyl yes. these days. Coloured yeah. vinyl, especially coloured vinyl. I think vinyl hasn't been 
looked at really mm. especially by the more commercial market because mm. um, of obviously downloads and streaming and stuff but a lot of even the youth are starting to go to vinyl now as well so it's wicked it's mm. becoming more cool yeah more cool i mean you know it's worked for the for the black star riders album which yeah. they just had another top 10 incredible and and now i'm i'm gonna say that um point of no return went in at 14 yeah that must have blown your minds it really did it really um, did and we're talking i'm hearing along the grapevine this one's looking at maybe a top 10 oh, oh, don't do that, hey. touch wood <laughs> touch all the wood in the room <laughs> i don't know people um, are saying that but i don't know i don't know until we see it we yeah exactly like we're trying to it's, it's mad bud because we've obviously had these singles coming out and we don't think about it but now the last single off the record is done now now you're forced to think about where is this gonna uh, chart and if it does chart and um the crow family obviously we're really close with all the crow family so you constantly check in and they're always saying about oh i bought this one i've, I've ordered this one the purple one the blue one the blue <laughs> splat is gone you know so you're kind of looking around going wow they're, they're really you know spending the money and supporting the, the band and we've just recently signed all the cds oh. and then we're like there were so many like thousands and and we're just like, wow, everybody's bought this. And it's it's an amazing feeling. So, hey, whatever whatever it lands, we'll be happy with. It's just the support has been incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Mm. Good. Okay, well, we'll come back to that one in a bit. We're going to play one of your choices. Um, I think the first one goes to you, Shane. I think it does. Yeah. Um, from Muse. Yes. Found you and Meyer. Oh, absolutely. I went to see him at Wembley. Um, I was blown away with their show. Absolutely blown away with their visual show. I mean, they sound killer as a three-piece, but visually, they just pulled out all the tricks. It was some show. Yeah, Matt, Matt's a bit... Uh, oh, my God, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. He was jumping from the piano. His, his roadie, or his guitar tech, gave him, threw him a guitar, side of stage, caught it, stuck it on, started playing a riff. <laughs> I was like... Then he chucked it back, jumped back on the piano. I was like, this is insane. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you want to do one day, I well, suppose. Yeah, if I get good enough. That is Muse, Uprising, from the Resistance album. Yeah, I suppose you could have chosen anything from them, really, couldn't you? Oh, great. You could, yeah. Plug in, baby. Yeah. They saw me. I love Knights of Sidonia oh, as well. That's damn. a great track, isn't it? Right, now we're going to choose one of Ronnie's that's chosen. Uh, you actually don't know what one it is, do you? Because um, I haven't told you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ron. Surprise. Uh, this, is, this is actually a band that are close to my heart because they played at a venue that I ran called Beer Colour, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, this is Nirvana. Phenomenal. Excellent. Um, the good thing about like myself and Shane's choices we both love each other's choices yeah. don't we like so totally. and you'll see there's a there's a running theme with that within the band as well but nirvana um massively grateful to that band i know it's kind of with the metal fans that are a bit like oh nirvana they killed the, the, the metal and all that but for us as 90s kids they were so influential when i seen that video on mtv dave Grohl become my favorite drummer um yeah and i just wanted to emulate what they were doing they just looked like they were having a great time and mm. rebelling against everything that we were disliking at the time like you know so um yeah it was definitely a phenomenal scene to be part of to try and grow your hair out um with fisherman jumpers and <laughs> yeah i look back and there were some of the photos i'm like oh my god like <laughs> did you get did you get to see him 
I didn't, unfortunately, but we did play, as Shane said, Covent Garden, Rock Garden, where I know they played. Mm. I did uh, go to the legendary TJ's, uh, which we played, played and I knew he uh, proposed to Courtney there. That's right, Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm proper geeked out on it, but unfortunately we didn't get get to see him. They actually played... The beer keller on the first date of the Nevermind tour <sighs> in '91. The place was absolutely rammed. There were people outside wanting tickets, and we couldn't let them in, obviously because they didn't have tickets. But it was like waiting outside just in case anybody came with a rogue ticket. Um, it was a wet night. I remember that very wet. So people were stood out in the rain. Fair play. And um, everyone always asked me, "Oh, what were they like? What were they like?" Well. All I can tell you is they'd flown in from Seattle like the day before and they were all jet lagged. Dave Grohl was lovely because I took some towels into them, into the dressing room. But Cobain was like Sparker. He was out. <laughs> he, was, he was sleeping, basically. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, they were brilliant. And I always tell this funny story is that uh, back in about three years, no, four or five years later, there was a record fair at the beer keller. We used to have record fairs and people were, like, you know, going through the vinyl. And I found uh, this guy had got a bootleg of that gig at the beer keller and he was selling it then for £400 on vinyl. And it was just a shoddy cassette Walkman. Don't know how he got it in, but he did. And, uh, obviously it'd be worth a lot more now, wouldn't it? But this was before Kurt passed, so, yeah... Wow, wow. Okay, your choice was come as you are. Yeah? Yes. Great choice. Great choice from Ronnie. Thank you for that. Uh, somebody to love from Queen. Right, now we're going to start delving into uh, Inhale, Exhale. Title first. Let's talk about that. Sure. Um, there, were, there were many titles that we were considering, but Inhale, Exhale, it, it's kind of... We, we're at this stage now in our career and personal life where stuff is happening and good stuff, bad stuff. And um, I don't know, I kind of had, had this vision of this pendulum of life swinging into the good of life, bad of life. You know, it's constantly swinging. There's nothing you can do about it. But I guess the only thing you can control is your breathing. And, you know, if you've got mental health issues, anxiety... You know, all that can be really overwhelming, and, and it comes down to like breathing. If you can do those small steps, those small things, and control your breathing, I think that can really help. And I, I started thinking about all that, and then before you know it, the the, the imagery came with the album. And it all kind of connected, and it, it was literally the, the the missing link that connected all these songs together. And um, we ran with it, and the whole thing now really, really hits home. Because, um, like like I said, personally, we've had some pretty devastating news this last year um, as a collective, you know, family members passing and stuff. So, um, yeah, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, as soon as he said it, uh, we had a Zoom meeting, mm. I think, at the time. I can't remember if that was in COVID as well. Yeah. But I just remember, as soon as Shane said it, there wasn't even a debate for me. It was almost like, I don't know if you remember this, but you, there was other names being said, and yeah. I just kept going, nope. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like I kind of fell in love with it instantly. It just sounded great, the idea he said, because at the time he was swimming as well. Yeah, I was, I was swimming. <laughs> I, 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 reg- I swim regular. And I was doing these lengths and the mosaic tiles on the, on the floor. And I go every day. And I, this this one day, this, this uh, mosaic tile had moved. And it was 
kind of out of place and I've never noticed it before and I'm very observant I'm like OCD do you know what I mean mm. um and it, it kind of startled me because almost not like it was going to do anything to me, but I'd never noticed it. And that got in my head and all my pattern of my breathing changed. Obviously, you've got a certain patterns when you're swimming. Mm. And um, I, I got up out of the water and I was like, I need to take a breather because that pattern had changed. And it was just because I'd seen something. And, it, and again, that spawned the whole idea of process of, you know, I, I reacted to that and that changed my breathing. And then, you know, how we do that when we hear emotional stuff or life happens and you can't... You know, you can't control that. And, um, yeah, but if you can control your breathing, um, I think that's a small step into, I don't know, perhaps not reacting but responding, you know? Mm -hmm. And it lends itself really nicely to the cover. The cover image is amazing. Oh, it is. Alex Tilbrook, hats off to him, the designer. But we were trying to come up with ideas really that resonated with the album and, and told the story of the album. And we just kept coming back to the rib cage. And, how half of it being life and the other half being death and uh, again summing up beautifully visually what the album was all about well i'm glad you mentioned that because um this next one i'm going to play from the album is a very special song it's this time i'm ready mm. um and you wrote it partly about you and your father is that right yeah i mean my dad's passed now it's going to be kind of the 12 years now in march um yeah, that one-way conversation, really. Um, he's not here, but is he, is he, you know, is he looking down? Can he see what we're doing? And um, there was no doubt if he is, he's super proud of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, it's, timing is everything, Andy. And, you know, I've, I've written songs with my father in mind many times, the emotion of it. Mm. But this was obviously specific. And, you know, what's happened to the boys in the band, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how life throws that curveball at you I think if we had re released this song on Point of No Return it wouldn't have hit us as hard um, do you know what I mean absolutely it's absolutely. like all, we've all lost family members the, well, the boys have recently and it just can, it, it almost connected us all mm. we were doing the music video Shino was playing guitar in another room and we were waiting to do our parts and we had this opportunity because this time I'm ready we're all wearing the, the funeral gear mm. and um and we, we're sitting there in this waiting room and we're just like talking about I think Lloyd said something like thanks for writing this song man you can talk about it and there we were having this little meeting about how it's affected each other and it just brought us closer we were all talking about it and perhaps that wouldn't have happened if that song wasn't written so timing is, it was almost perfect timing in a, in a brutal beautiful uh, way like it was unbelievable I like came away from that specific moment and I think the other boys did as well just almost relieved because mm. we're all we've all grown up together we we can read each other like you know it's, it, mm. is, it's, it, it is it's it is kind of transparent of so I think that's why fans connect with us because they're like you you seem real but that moment specifically um I think a lot was built up and then we just started opening up to each other yeah. um and it was just beautiful and I found there was stuff that I was still holding on to um and it was just a case of it just felt so organic mm. um in the strangest place while shiner's rocking out the shit yeah. said in another room um but then like i i i look back and i thought kind of when we got back together and reconnected as those damn crows um, I remember initially Shane had another idea for a song, mm. um, which was to do with his dad at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's like he said, it, you know, there's probably been many moments like that, but this one in particular, when he sent it over and the mood of it, 
um, just everything felt like when we grew up. Mm. The grunginess of it. Um, there was even an, a, bit, a debate of whether to do the... I said about the heavy part at the end. Uh, I remember that in the writing process, because I was like, it was so cool that I didn't know if it needed it, do you know what I mean? So I remember even saying that, but then it was explained, no, because there's this, and it's the light and the dark, and the, yeah. the the sad, the happy, so it's just mad, like I said, we go back to the origins of the band, mm. and it's a horrible subject, but it's a real subject, and it connects with everybody. Mm. Shane lost his dad, I lost my mum at that point, and then you fast forward, he brings this song out, which is a beautiful message to his dad, and then... You all relate to it. Well, literally, we're going in to record the record, and my dad passed. So, Jeez. literally, he's, he's tracking the vocals. So then I revisited the studio, and obviously me and him spoke by the piano, and the boys will say it was just so hard to be in the room. Mm. Um, I knew it was kind of coming and stuff, but it still doesn't prepare you. And of course. This, yeah. this record and everything surrounding it made it almost made it worse and then yeah. we go on to play a massive Welsh show uh, with Mikey and Max from uh, from Steelhouse in the tram shed and Dave's mum passes Christ. and then Lloyd's mum who's obviously a massive fan of the band yeah. and a massive supporter yeah. and he had troubles as well with his dad didn't he leading up to it yeah. love him like hmm. um, so it was it's just it's incredible how like you know, Shane had put this across, and then everybody started adopting it. Mm. I think that's yeah. that's a nice way to put it. So. And that's prevalent in the video, which we'll talk about after. I want to sure. play it now because I would go as far as to say this: I think this is the best song you've ever done. Wow, that's my opinion. Thank you. Man. If you haven't heard that before then what I would suggest is go out and uh, when you get the album that that track is the for the album is 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 worth the price of the album alone in my mm. opinion uh this time I'm ready um you have to tell me about the video Shane because yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's poignant and yeah. like you said you were dressed up in funeral gear and you all showed pictures to, yes. of your family and stuff the bit that was scary for me was you in the water. How the <laughs> hell did you do that, man? It was tough. Like, I remember a family member saying to me, was that CGI? You weren't singing underwater. I was like, well, yeah, of course I was. Like, but, like, how would you CGI that? Like, <laughs> I'm sure that would be harder than actually jumping in the tank and singing. But, um... It was it was such great fun, honestly. It was it was amazing. Something I've never done before. Obviously, I, I I fell into the sea, which was absolutely freezing that day. You were in the sea. Yeah. Well, the first there's a, there's a shot. Oh yeah, of course. Sea, that's right. Yeah, I you, fall you down do go. Yeah, you do. And then yeah, sorry. We travelled to Nottingham because that was the closest sort of water tank available. So that was a hell of a drive, and um, spent about two three hours in this water tank, and uh, yeah, just. Just jump, you're a it. strong su swimmer, isn't it? I couldn't do it, I tell you. Yeah, I, I, it came out good, man. Mm. Um, it was difficult, though. Especially, like, you had to um, sit on top of the tank and just fall backwards. So when the water goes up your nose and that, that feeling... You and know, can you, you hear... Get. Could you hear it? Yeah, the music was being played outside, obviously. So I could just about hear it. Oh, OK. Because um, you yeah. were mouthing the words, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, Underneath, under, yeah. Amazing, amazing okay. song, amazing video. Thanks, buddy. No, I'm honestly, sure. I think it's worth the price of the album alone. Um, and if people don't like it, then, well... <laughs> then, <laughs> no, what's the matter with them? Have a word with yourself. Have, Have a word with yourself. <laughs> now, I did say about an earworm. Right. This next song has yeah. an earworm. It's still rock, but I keep coming back to it. 
but you have this catchy melodies yeah and i'm going to play this one again straight away now because uh, there's another track that just again typifies the sort of band you are and you've released it as a as a lead track from the album this is see you again Another track from the brand new album coming out next Friday. It's called Inhale, Exhale from Those Damn Crows. Ronnie and Shane are my guests tonight. And uh, we thank them once again for coming in. I know they're uh, having a good time at the moment. We have some questions from the the, uh, the floor, as it were. Um, so, uh, Ian Gregory says, Earache Records seem to be really getting behind the band with promotion and like. This time, I'm Ready's fantastic song with a really interesting video to accompany it. Well, I think we've talked about that. Um, and uh, a lady called Kelly, um, I was definitely not ready for the emotional blow that song dealt me. I love the tonal change near the end and really just the composition overall. I'm so looking forward to the album. Um and Steve says the best compliment I can give is the crow's equivalent of uh, Blackstone Cherry's Things My Father Said. Wow. Oh, wow. Big song. That's huge. Um, okay, and Dan Weller has worked uh, with Enchiscari Monster Truck, produced the new album. Was he Earache's choice, or did you choose? It was our choice, yeah. yeah. Um, he had worked with other bands that our manager worked with, and his name came up, and um, we've done a little bit of research, and l- loved his vibe. And he came down to meet us, and we all had um, lunch, didn't we, on yes. the corner from where I live. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he was just bowled over with the demos. He, he thought he could, uh, he was going to be a good fit. And, um, yeah, went straight into it. And uh, he was like, um, he, I mean, Dan's incredible what he does. He, the, the man never sleeps. He just sits, sits at the desk, and uh, he's constantly going at it um coming up with new ideas and he's, he's like a bit of a nutty professor sometimes you know he's just in there and he's like there for an hour and he's like are you okay dan like this clock remember the clock kind of um like clocks moving that's how it sounded like chimes or whatever i was like that's really cool he was like oh it's not going in there bud it's uh it's just for reference <laughs> yeah yeah so he was always <laughs> trying new stuff and uh, like he's got this ambient sound throughout the record on all the tracks, whether it be a, a hard track or a softer track. There's this sound that I think connects all the songs on the album, and um, I think it works beautifully, man. He's done an incredible job. Mm. And it, is it? It seems to be a bit more well produced than the last one. Would that be fair? Or I mean, it's definitely evolved. It's definitely um, there seems to be like more depth in it. Mm. Um, and and that we we wanted that we wanted this album to I think we said it at the start like the, it should be an album full of singles it should be an album full of different styles but yes yet they've got all this um, connectivity with one another do you know what I mean they they, they stand alone but they work together and complement each other so um, I think we've done that really well I'm surprised even I'm more surprised at how it's turned out because uh, yeah you have an idea but you know. Dan got you brief by there, yeah, in all fairness to him, because when we were in the studio, um, like when we've cut other records in the past, it is pretty much um, there's a there's a um, there's a formula mm. to how we do it. With this, it was almost take five. It was almost we went back to the resident residential kind of yeah. place we were staying, listened to certain artists. Um, he really got a feel for where the track was going. So, like we just played to you again, we would listen to certain music and stuff, and he'd be just there. You could see him, like Shane said, nutty professor, hmm. kind of working out what he wants from. 
this track, what mm. life he wants to inject into it. Mm. And then when we'd go into full mode, as we call it, I've never seen anything like it. He had Formula One on one screen. He had the mixing desk with Pro Tools, etc., in front of him. And he had um, drone footage, like, on another screen, didn't he? And it's, he'd be just flicking around everything whilst working this, this magic. But, Amazing. But... Yeah also get in the brief of like what Shane said with the playlist thing you know treating every track uh, individually rather than one whole collective like you know so cool. um, Dan Reese said uh, saw the show at Cardiff Castle all the history that entails was that a pinch yourself moment and also how was it playing download festival last year that made it must have made you very proud yeah both both those shows made us very proud um it was crazy because obviously uh, COVID had happened and the biggest sort of well show we were supposed to be doing was the tram shed and then we ended up doing Cardiff Castle before the tram shed so it was, it was a bigger cap and it was just crazy how the band had grown through COVID perhaps through co-cast, I don't know, whatever but it was it was incredible to do and um, you know, it is a pinchy moment because I, I, even now I'm sitting here thinking, who's that Cardiff Castle? Sting's that kid at Cardiff Castle? Tom Jones is coming at Cardiff Castle. Um, and we've done it. And I saw Queen at Cardiff Castle. Oh, wow. <laughs> there we go. Of course 76. Fair wow. <laughs> <laughs> play. And it, and, it, and it rained all day. <laughs> Did it? Uh, typical Welsh weather. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's an amazing feeling. And Download was just... <laughs> Unbelievable! It's the it was the dream when it's in school. Yeah. Uh, since Monsters of Rock, seeing little clips of um, of Monsters of Rock and magazine cuttings when you used to see the old bills, the one day events. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously it, it, it transformed into Download Festival. We were fortunate to play there, two thousand and nineteen. Um, and we played like the VIP and then the dog tusk stage and then the boys did an acoustic session on the uh, Carlsberg mm. uh, tent and I remember then later on we were having some celebratory uh, beers myself and Shane watching Def Leppard yep. and I said to him um, right you know we'll kick on now and we'd be playing our main stage now within about five years and he was like, oh, no, but we, we, we'd be playing that sooner. I was like, oh, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then literally we had a call six months later yeah. um, which was it was incredible and it was like uh, do you want to come and play the main stage of download and then the frustrating thing was the wait because of everything that happened and are yeah. we going to end up playing it we actually played the pilot then which thanks to Andy Coppin and all the, all the guys um, and then we kicked on to play the main stage which <sighs> it was cool. surreal but because we were just five minutes before we went on obviously you go backstage and, and the, the, the stage of download is absolutely enormous and then you look in his Iron Maiden, um, all their stuff. Yeah, you look up, there's a plane. Props. <laughs> and it's just like, it's Iron Maiden Day. We're playing main stage on Iron Maiden Day. It's surreal, but really mm. surreal, but it's incredible. Like an field, wasn't it? It was. It was, it was massive. Mm. So every band and their setup yeah. is basically rolled out at the back. Behind, so yeah. It was unbelievable. Mm. I've never seen anything so like that. So much, yeah. <laughs> it was unreal. Unreal. And then, like you said, we've stepped out and... You were just straight out into the crowd, you were. I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they basically told me, "Oh, you got to sign this waiver. You can't go climbing stuff, and not, don't climb on the monitors and whatever." And then I had this moment where I blacked out, and I was just in the moment, and I I looked down, and I was like, "I'm on the monitors." They told me not to go on the monitors. <laughs> it was like ten grand fine if you, if you do it. I remember coming off stage and just thinking, "I'm, I'm going to get tapped on the shoulder," you know, and and but no, but no one said nothing. But yeah, it's just it takes over, man. And I got down into the crowd and. What, what was mental it was like the, f the first three songs looking out I couldn't see grass anymore it was just a field of people 
and I was like, this is so early, and all these people come out to see us, and yeah, it was just surreal. Amazing. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Fair play to you. Well, you never know, one day you might even headline it. Right, I'm going to play one of your uh, choices now, cool. Collective Soul. Oh, amazing. Tell us about them, I don't know too much about them. Oh, Probably absolutely are. incredible, they've been around donkeys years. Yeah, they have, yeah. Yeah, um, some amazing albums, but this song in particular... It's, I just, I don't know, it's got the 90s grunge feel, and it's, honestly, it's almost, I, this is going to sound silly, but it was like as if I would, I had written it. It was, I, I almost, the first time I heard it, I thought, it's going to go here, and it did, it immediately went there. And sometimes I do that when it, with songs, you expect where it's going to go. And this was almost, every bar was like, it's going to go here, this is where it's leading. It was like as if I was writing it. It was <laughs> so surreal. But it's an amazing song. Great singer. Great band. And it's called Where the River Flows. Yeah. That was Collective Soul. It's called When the River Flows, chosen by uh, my guest, Shane, tonight. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you for all your choices. Good stuff there amongst them. Um, let's get back to the album. I want to talk about a couple of tracks that we're not going to play. Fill the Void is the opening track. Mm. That'll make a great opening live, won't it? Uh, I is that the plan? Totally agree. Um, you'll have to wait to see. <laughs> but it's a very good shout. That's right. all I'm saying. Okay. Um, I had this vision um, of me standing by my own grave. Oh, okay. Blind. Um Dug it out and standing there and not realising I've dug it out um, and then looking at the gravestone and there's my name and then quickly putting the earth back in. Um, it was kind of like a dream I had. and um, But then you can exaggerate that then obviously when it inspired me to write the song but fill in the void is your own grave your internal grave hmm. and um, not realising you've done it and then you realise you have and quickly putting the earth back in and, and trying to dust over the cracks I guess And uh, so the, the opening line is about dragging yourself through I don't know if you could swear but through the crap <laughs> um, and um, pulling right. pull yourself, you pull yourself out of it because um, sometimes that is the only way and sometimes people look for answers and stuff but you've got to do the hard work you know? yourself yeah absolutely mm. so mm. that's that's what Phil the Void is all about now a lot of bands um, over the last couple of years have written uh, and, and, and it's becoming apparent and I'm not knocking this because you know we, we write about if you're a, a writer or an artist you write about what you see what you know yeah. what goes on um and a lot of bands I've noticed have already done songs about the pandemic. I think generally you've avoided that, but there is a song on there called I Am, yeah. which I thought was your pandemic tune. Am I right or wrong? Um, no, not necessarily. No, okay. I'd, I'd say See You Again was more about the pandemic, okay. as in seeing the fans again. I picked wondered. up on, the, on the, the line, lunatics in power with blood on their hands. Right, okay. So, yes, that is then, yeah, that line in particular, absolutely. Okay. Um, sorry, I just write so, like, emotionally sometimes, and that's not where I was. But there are observant things that are happening in that moment, and you're absolutely right, but I, I don't know what to write any other way than through experience or what you're feeling and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was an absolute... I was going to swear it again. Um, <laughs> but, it's, uh, yeah, how they've dealt with it, I don't think was the best. No. Um, so, yeah, that is literally... It's not tongue-in-cheek, it's literally telling it like it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. absolutely, I don't see why not. You yeah. know, you're right. I mean, I think the whole country and the whole 
lot of people without getting too heavy is um was a little bit disappointed with how, how the way it was dealt with especially okay. everything that's come out since absolutely you know i mean uh you know over a year ago in fact this time last year i talked to the guys from scarlet rebels you must know them yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah and they're course. very they were very upset about it yeah. and they were collecting for food banks and mm. talking about what happened with marcus rashford and all that mm, kind yeah. of stuff and then you know the ppi stuff that you know was awarded to you know people that uh, were getting what should we say backhanders yeah you know and all that so no you're absolutely right spot on there yeah cool that's the track called i am um we're going to play a couple more in hour three um but we're going to play another ronnie's choices now i'm guessing this one ron is that because the drummer on this track is probably one of your favourites. Ah, there we go. Oh, there we go. It's going to be then. Yeah. Next to you, yeah? Please. Correct. Absolutely yes. spot on. He's, he's Stuart tremendous. Copeland. What Stuart a drummer. Copeland. And I always go at this track. I mean, they've got far more sing-along, far more commercial. Um, but this is just a banger. This was the one that drawed me in when I was a, a kid. Regarded a Blanc. Um, picked it up on vinyl. I've still got the same vinyl as well with the battered kind of front cover. It's the only track as well, isn't it? It's incredible. And it just, it just locked me in and then I looked more I went down that rabbit hole um as them as artists and yet again I fell in love with Sting and I know everybody has their opinion on Sting but I think yet again a great storyteller oh, I think he's um, incredible melody lines even when he did the um the kind of obscure stuff which I have seen like the cross between this and the church stuff and then he did the stuff with Shaggy as well which I'm not a fan <laughs> of yeah, I'm no, not a fan no. of that sorry Sting well I miss um, that one because yeah. you'd be listening to this after but um yeah I um I'm not a fan of that but his musical brain um but that translates all across him andy summers i think is a underestimated guitarist the the melodies he puts in between me and um boy you talk about this a lot don't we of how you can fill a gap um question and answer all comes back to when we were kids as um taught by our teacher of like a vocal line but a guitar can answer the question so it's it's just so clever and the police were almost like one of the first bands I heard that reminded us, well, reminded me of like us jamming when it was mm. a rawness to it, but yet there was still melody and there was a great jamming vibe. Mm. I love bands that kind of break off from the record, give you a little bit extra life, um, and then all of a sudden they're back on the record. And I think it would be also fair to say that Copeland and Summers were not as recognised because Sting was obviously the front man and the songwriter. Yeah. But, but Copeland and, and Summers did Incredible. as much yeah. absolutely to make that band what it was yeah yeah there was there's, there's little there's little parts like i said in between where the sting's singing and stuff and where the stewart kind of blazes across the kit or whatever mm. or andy summers just does the most beautiful like harmonics mm. and just subtle little chord progressions that do add something while sting is kind of driving on the bass so yeah. yet again I, I was so chuffed to discover this band when i was young and i've been fortunate enough to kind of meet people along the way who share the same same opinion like you know one drummer to another. First of all, it was Stuart Copeland with The Police, of course, next to you, and that was Ronnie's choice. And then Skin and Bone, um, Shane's choice, um, from the Foo Fighters. Mm. Big uh, influence oh, on you guys? Huge, bud. Um, not just from Nirvana days, but obviously Dave Grohl, what he does as a front man, I think he's amazing. I think their whole catalogue of uh, songs bring something that the crows is in the crow dna do you know what i mean so um yeah hugely influential mm. 
Um, we're going to go back to the questions now. Martin Collins, who um, lives in Milton Keynes, which is cool, um, he says there seems to be quite a healthy rock scene building again in the UK. Maybe not quite the same as the late eight, late seventies, early eighties, but it's even so, very encouraging. With yourself, Stonebroken, Mason Hill, Massive Wagons, would you agree? Yes, yeah, certainly a different time. I think he's right there. Um, different vibes, but yeah, it's it's really healthy. There's like we were pick we were going to pick. Um, there seems like a plethora of bands that we could have picked for to come on tour with us, and that's genuine. We were we were scratching our heads really. Who should we pick? And um, the two we got coming on the tour now are fantastic, and they're both Welsh. But the rock scene is really live and kicking. It's amazing. And it was important for us as well to try and showcase, because um, there's other Welsh bands, as you mentioned, Scarlet Rebels, Florence Black, um, and so on, so on. So mm. I don't miss anybody. But, but no, some we, great, really good bands coming out. Yeah, we really wanted to showcase that. We wasn't trying to be favouritism. We've played with a lot of great bands across the UK. Like you've just mentioned, Mason Hill just played in the castle for... Uh, yeah, they played Chepstow, with us, yeah. Chepstow Castle, mm. um, and all the other bands we've known or we've played with, um, and it's about making the scene stronger, and especially where we're from as well. We wanted to kind of get some eyes on Wales, um, because there's a lot of talented bands, and they're only now breaking through, really. They're only now scratching the surface, where we found a lot of the UK bands have played your... Um, Steelhouse Festival, Stone Dead, um, so it's almost showcasing these bands and giving them them an opening to play yeah. them like you know yeah. so um and get eyes on on where we're from but yeah. shane's right it's such a great scene it's just some of the annoying things we get told is if we were around 25 30 years ago we'd all we'd all be living in mansions at the moment and sadly there's an element of truth to that yeah so, there is um, absolutely i agree and i and i think just people need to keep doing what they're doing is buying tickets to concerts and supporting the band buying the merch um, and just keep shouting because there's definitely a rock scene there. Um, it just gets shadowed over by, I think, more of the commercial genres, like you know. So, oh. but just keep championing, champion the bands, and keep mm. filling the smaller venues. Um, and we're, we're fortunate to be kind of one of the leaders at the moment, helping helping that scene, and that's what we want to do. Keep giving back to it, like you know. Of so, now talking of which, um, the tour that you've put in. Um, it's virtually all sold out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just Swansea now, the arena show. That's the biggest one, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and that's nearly done as well. That's what I'm told today. Yeah, we got so, told um, today it's nearly how done. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Incredible, man. It's like, obviously, it's, the Swansea being our neck of the woods, that's a huge honour. And for it to be an arena, it's our first headline show at an arena. So it's big. It's, it's supposed to be. Um, it's a great feeling. It really is. I'm smiling from year to year because, you know, when when it first came up, we were like, oh, are we are we going to step too far? Yeah, you know, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that band on an arena show and it, it it's not even half full. Hmm. But we were blown away, and that's the, that's what's amazing about when we put on tours and stuff. Majority of it goes so quick; it, it relieves so much pressure off us. It's like, okay, people are coming; they, they've bought the tickets, and now we can focus on doing the show. And it just relaxes everybody, um, especially in this climate, because you see so many bands who are having to downgrade venues. Um, it's a really, really hard climate for for any music lover or anybody to try and support a band uh, with travelling, hotels, ticket prices, etc. So we value that. Mm. Um, and as Shane said, when we started seeing the sold out 
you know, every band will tell you when you start seeing that on your poster. That's mm. that's an incredible feeling. Then the low tickets. But to be fair, guys, you do put the work in. You know, going mm. back to what we were saying right at the beginning. You know, with the crowcast and and the way you interact. I mean, you've been telling me you've been doing interviews all week this week. Yeah. You know, all right. I appreciate you made your time to come in to, to see me, but you know, you know, you're doing twelve or thirteen in stores playing acoustically. Yeah. I mean, you know, not many bands would bother to do that and okay you're doing it and the fact is you're doing even more than there are on the tour which is yeah. amazing you're doing cardiff aren't you um on the 2nd of march yeah, as an in-store there's been a few more added and a major reason for that is because of like venues now and health and safety etc we're we're a band we still fight it to this day and shane will back it up we like to go out in the merch desk we like to mingle with everybody that was the whole point of this band was to get to know people along the way and and like listen to them and it influences you with the writing as well mm. and it's just part of our journey and we can't can't stop being that so we will always try and break the rules somehow we have um yeah. you know even through supporting other bands we've gone out um because we just love that interaction mm. so when we were told obviously this will be a lot harder because there's a lot more people and they have got to get them out safely etc then the in-stores become a big thing because you 100 and it's an amazing opportunity to just say yeah. thank you face to face when you're signing that record when they're standing there passing over the the vinyl or the cd or whatever they've bought and you're signing it for them just say thank you because it's like without them we are nothing we can't put on tours without these people no. buying tickets so it's it's a wonderful way so we've added more just to be able to do that mm. and uh and i think that's so important it's a two-way thing and um i'm looking forward to it man mm. like we, we're supposed to have days off and stuff but there is There's there is no, no day days off, off. now it's like i think our uh, first day off then we ended up oh let's we're up in glasgow or we're yeah. on the way to glasgow edinburgh yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like oh well, let's go to edinburgh um so we were trying and to do an in-store yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 just well, to complicate matters well, yeah because yeah, there was no <laughs> edinburgh day per se okay. on the tour like right. you said right. it was almost like well we need to get to other parts of scotland and yeah. there's many parts of scotland that we love so we didn't spend the early days traveling and we genuinely did we would spend a day traveling up we would do the gig and we would travel overnight we wouldn't get back to our beds till seven eight nine a.m mm. but no hotels because we didn't have the budget and that's no, the re realistic yeah, thing about being in a band yeah. but we wouldn't swap that because the the vibe we had in the van as boys and brothers and then you know you got that real camaraderie and then it makes you tougher doesn't it, it really and yeah. then you appreciate the good moments when we go on the next tour and we have a nice big tour bus <laughs> <laughs> and you've got yeah. a tour bus this time around oh yes 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 yes, 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 cool. yes so you appreciate those moments a lot more yeah. um and then you're a little bit more defensive when people think you've been handed it where you know oh my you've God. really done the work yeah. you haven't just done the work yeah. you've really done the work no no a fair play i mean i've seen all the stuff you've been doing for this album and you know you've been doing like loads of stuff online on the socials mm -hmm. and you know videos and showing people videos and drip feeding the tracks yeah and all that kind of stuff so even this week we've had takedown yep. that's come out which we're going to play next um we've had the goo goo dolls announcement where yep. you're supporting them yeah um and a few of those are different places than you're doing on this tour yes, i.e yes. cities so obviously that's the reason why because you go into different places and then of course today as we mentioned earlier the steelhouse yeah. um, announcement yeah. so it's it's kind of everything is happening for you so you know you are doing the work let's play um take down that was uh, issued as the 
the fifth single from the album uh, Inhale, Exhale, uh, came out this week. Now, what have I written about Takedown? Heavy, but a twist on the chorus. Yes. Like that? Yeah, okay. that's, that's a lovely description, yeah. Okay, let's play it. A sudden end. Thank you, boys, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Takedown from the new album Inhale, Exhale. Um, let's just go back to the, the in-stores, because you were telling me then uh, what you're doing. So you're, you and the, and Lloyd and... It's me, Shana and Dave. Oh, sorry, Shana and Dave, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll just be having the acoustics and doing stripped-back versions of some of the new songs and some of the old songs and um yeah just that opportunity so ronnie and lloyd get to have a bit of a yeah they're having all the fun have a beer get to mix with everybody there cool. you go. clap them if they're all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they will be i'm sure they- so the, the, all those um i mean and they're all virtually sold out as well aren't they yeah yeah Within, i think 12 or 13 acoustically and yeah sign um, in for the album and all that kind yeah, of yeah they've done so well that they added more so it was like <laughs> brilliant yeah, there's a demand like the leads i think they've added you've done two in leads yeah, yeah. But that's only just been added um they were like look there's a lot of people messaging saying they want to do leads but we've had to that's just a signing yeah so the the one that's been added is just a signing it won't be like no acoustic performance because we're just running out of hours in the day because we got a show that night mm. so it's almost like we're gonna have to do the the in-store the boys will do the acoustic do the signing session which will be a second one and then get over do sound check and obviously kick off the tour like you know Blimey. so um but like we said earlier i gotta do the work yeah. you know you gotta do Put the, the work um, when I say hi to a couple of people, Donna from um, Leicester's been in touch, loving the show. Thank you that for that, Donna. What's up, Donna? Um, hey, Donna. And uh, another question from a guy called Danny, who lives in Pontypridd. We. What's up, um, as you may know, the show's broadcast all over the place. That's this show he's talking about, including America, Australia, and Europe. How is your momentum building elsewhere? Germany, for example, which has always been a hotbed for. Um, rock. Rock, yeah. Europe must be uh, next on your list to conquer. Oh, 100%. We cannot wait to get over the borders, um, even America too. Uh, the good thing about Spotify and stuff is that you can see where those territories where people are listening to your stuff. And um, yeah, it bowls us over really where, where the crows are being listened to. And uh, yeah, we got to be it in Europe. We came off the Monster Truck tour in November, and those guys are so beautiful. They we fell in love with them. They they're genuinely guys we would spend time with outside of the band, and um, they kept saying, "You guys gotta get to Canada. You've got to get to America. Mm. They will love you over there." Like mm. you know, and they've offered help. They've offered whatever they can do. So you know, we know it's it's inevitable. We have to get over there. Like you know, it will and, happen. Uh, yeah. And Europe, especially. I mean, you know, it's. It's got to be done. Like like you said, the German market, we kind of only went over there for the Rock Palast yeah, yeah. performance, but yeah. it was a little bit different to the standard Rock Palast because obviously it was in COVID and everybody had masks on, so we couldn't really kind of meet and greet them properly, could we? No. Um, but it would be nice to revisit that. Because um, you haven't really done that much in Europe yet, have no, you? No, no. Not anything, really. But that's, on, that's the plan. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, I want to play a track now that's a request for Andy Bean. Heather in Lan Harun. Uh, this is one of their favourite songs from your Point of No Return album. We're going to talk about it afterwards. Okay. We played it. It's called Never Win.
that's the track that a lot of people love um and you said that was the demo version yeah basically amazing the, the vocals piano and and strings that was all from the demo colin richardson andy sneep were like don't touch it chris clancy it's beautiful let's keep it as it is and we, we just added to it mm. so um yeah I still think I could sing it better, but they, they <laughs> thought not. <laughs> Perhaps they were right. <laughs> no, I, I think they were right, because, like... Yeah, when you they got about better vision. <laughs> <laughs> when um, they were on about adding drums, because it was like, oh, do we put drums on it, do we put bass on it? But I went in and played the drums, and I came out and I said to Shane, like, I was like... Well, I just had a dude, and I was like... Because, mm. obviously, I knew what it was about, but it was worse... Because I was trying to like put drums to it, and I could hear his vocals were just even more l louder than they ever have been. Where I was like, "Wow, he's in pain," and and obviously what he was going through at the time. Um, so it was quite emotional to mm. to get get the job done for that one. Like, cause she mate at the end of the day, never mind the band. It's somebody you've shared memories with since we were kids, mm. and that was like a real adulting moment for me. Where I was like, "Whoa, he's not really speaking about it as much, but music is beautiful." Mm. So you could almost like without asking him too much it was almost like you alright yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean so it's beautiful yeah. cool cool okay let's go back to the the new album um find a way um I've, I've heard a lot of people compare that already to Shinedown those people have heard it wow wow what do you think about that that's cool very cool <laughs> it is cool yeah that's very cool no we're big fans of Shinedown we got to obviously see them at download when we played we were backstage watching them, side yeah. of the stage. Um, yeah. Brilliant band. Mm. So that's a, that's a huge compliment. Yeah. Now, um, the song Waiting For Me, we're not going to play that one, but that one's a little bit different for, yeah. for those damn crows. Yeah. It's another great song. It's sort of dark and yeah. moody and brooding and yeah. almost eerie in, yeah. in places. I, I mean, I've put... It's kind of a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah, so Is that the attention? It, absolutely. When it, before we got into the studio, I'm a big fan of Trent Reznor and... Nine Inch Nails and everything he does that, and Corey Taylor does it quite a bit with Slipknot. You know that sort of um, distortion on his microphone and and the industrial sort of vibe of Trent. And um, so yeah, kind of wanted to bring that. And you know Dan Weller, you could you could tell he was he was up for it. We had we had ideas for videos for it, telling that dark story. And maybe we'll we'll come back to it, but. Um, yeah. It, it was it's mad because we did about 13 songs for the album and we cut it down to 10 and at no point was waiting for me considering it was completely different to the rest of the album that was on the album nobody was like oh we could take waiting you know it was it was a bit different and i think that's why it's on the album because of that reason because it's, it's different yeah mm. it had to be for me I, I i vibe on it now like you know mm. i'm a big fan of um i think myself and shane were looking at videos in um when we did point no return that's how far back it was mm. remember um mantra uh which mm. has got um yet again it's got uh queens of the stone age dave Grohl, and trent reznor and like when he went off and then you're talking like what however long it was and then that that came through mm. i was like oh my god it's got it's got that for me like you know i loved that project that dave did mm. um and that whole trent reznor kind mm. of universe of what he does mm. and the sound and some things are repetitive within the melody line yeah um yeah so i think it's a definite i think the crow family and i think other people who are going to listen to it there might be even people who like that track is what going back to what he said earlier it's almost like a playlist they might like that because they might get drawn into that track particularly like do you yeah. know what I mean because it is mm. it's almost like you said it's on a it's on its own like yeah, you know yeah. what I mean but then other, other tracks are as well so yeah, yeah. absolutely um 
you mentioned the Crow family there. I know that's very important to you. And you mentioned earlier on about, you know, how close they are to you. Yeah. You know, they watch the Crowcast, they come to the, the shows and they, you know, buy all the things. But again, I think the other thing is, and you've touched on it a couple of times, Ronnie, is that you make the effort to be with them mm -hmm. you, you know it's not a them and us situation i'm i must be getting a bit more difficult because obviously you don't have the time or the uh, you know the, the ability to to kind of chat to people for hours and hours and hours because they always want to chat to you but that is you have connected with your audience very much so haven't you i think it's vital and i think other people have tried to emulate what we do organically um, and that's just saying it frankly, but mm. you can't emulate it because I think it's either natural, it's either the kind of band you are or the boys you are. Never mind, take the band word out. Um, it's just the people we are. Like is I said, that, is that partly because of the, the the background you come from? Because I I remember seeing in the classic rock interview, you know, you're very proud of the fact your roots are in Bridgend, working class. There wasn't a lot going on, yeah. and that's that's you know I'm, the reason I'm touching on that. That's why this radio station, this one we're broadcasting from here, was was invented because there was not a lot going on in the yeah. area. Therefore, it's totally community. Mm -hmm. well, Bridgend hasn't got currently, just currently, a music venue. Um, and that is tragic to us. Mm. Uh, for myself and Shane and the other boys, I mm. mean, we grew up in such a thriving music scene with jam nights happening everywhere. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a real shame. That what was that place they used to do where it was upstairs? That's Hobos, but sadly, oh, yeah. that's currently, I know they're trying to fight to get it back open yeah. somewhere else or whether it be in the same place, whatever. But the point is, it's like where we grew up, it's, there's a hole there, like, you know? So I think throughout our our musical journey with this band in particular, like, we still haven't done a home show anyway. We still mm. haven't actually played Bridgend. Because there is nowhere. Mm. Well, yeah, we just it just didn't seem right. Nothing at the time seemed right and resonated with us, where it kind of... It's got to feel special. There's got to be a reason behind it, or... Um, so Cardiff kind of became our first, and then Swansea took us on as well, and then, obviously, you know, we've... We've we've tried our best to, to kind of build it from there, and then Steelhouse, massive part of that. We always kind of mention them because they are they we're part of their family, they're part of, course, of ours, yeah. and they're a real heartbeat, uh, especially as an independent festival. So we always push um, those who are working hard and those who are trying to keep building on it. Like I think that's the important thing. Is so. there any way you could play in Bridgend in the future? Maybe an outdoor place or anything we've got and we have had ideas and i'm not just saying it we have had ideas this is how long it is because we were hoping to do something in 2020 because i can mm. remember the tagline of it but um this has gone on from 216 to 17 of like visions of the band and we are like every other band you know we've got goals but we've got realistic goals that we've worked on and then there are other goals that we kind of they're there they're, they're always they're always there so i think something Something will happen. I can I can say that now, um, mm. and, and we're on path. And you all still live there, don't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 Still live there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, no chances of going to America as yet, then. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice. Let's play uh, the final track that we can from the new album, Inhale Hexel. Uh, we must mention again, it's out next Friday. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, next Friday and uh, we're looking for a, a big chart position if you love the tracks you've heard tonight you still can pre-order the album but do it quick 
because uh, I know the coloured vinyls are all going like out quickly, aren't they? Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, yeah. What's the, there's a there's one with a different cover in there, the blue yeah. one. Blue yeah. one. Is it blue? Yes. There's mm. basically inside the booklet of uh, this artwork of a heaven and hell carousel. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I think there's one vinyl that's blue, is the blue splat. I think that's sold out. But there's another one then, and the other half of the carousel, which is burning, there's an orange splattered one. Nice. I think that's still available. Oh, okay. So. Right. Okay, we're <laughs> going to play the final track we can then. This is called Man on Fire. What do you want to say about this, guys? Um, Man on Fire is basically... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember now. My head's gone. <laughs> 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 Let's just play it then, and, and you will come back. Uh, to it. Okay, yeah, we'll come back to it. Twenty minutes to go for the show, and that is the final track that we can play from the new album, Inhale, Exhale, uh, from the the Those Damn Crows, which is out next Friday. Um, you were thinking about what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, about it. sorry, but I had a blackout. Um, yeah, th- this this song came to me downstairs on the sofa, and I had the guitar in my hand, and that that riff da, 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 came, and the and the chord sequence. I went upstairs straight away, did a demo in about twenty minutes, and kind of had the, the well the melody and everything. Sent it over to Ronnie. Um, I had an idea about drums and all that, but then Ronnie put this other drum beat on it, and uh, we kind of took that into the studio. The boys hadn't done anything on it until we got into the studio. Um, it's just funny how sometimes it's like we got the that's we, we we're good at that I think we have the the bones of a song and then okay move on to the next one that's they ready let's just attack it when we get in the studio it hasn't even changed much as well it really hasn't. To the demo it's it's literally I, st- I was chuffed with that Can I remember mm. my youngest boy walked past because I was playing it back before I sent it to Shane so there was no like mistakes on the drums or whatever and he he thought it had like vibes of the weekend and like modern mm. modern artists that he listens to mm. and I thought that was wicked yeah, and yeah. I could use stuff of um uh, I've had a blank now same as you Boys of Summer yeah yeah but real summer vibes and he mm. said that was that was kind of one of the yeah the ticks as he was so who, who collectively is the songwriting for every is everyone involved yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's a free for all. Anybody got anything, bring it. But I um, I've said this before. Like I I can write a song from start to finish, like never win and and what have you. And I've done that recently with the boys. But what I love about this band is that you bring something to the table and then it goes through the filters of all the the, the rest of the boys. You know, mm. and they they they'll bring something to it or they'll do something and it might not be the fit, but it'll. It almost sparks you to then change it again. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's yeah. always moving, and yeah. that's the beauty of it going through the boys. It's like uh, they bring their vibe to it too. So it's it's cool. a wonderful thing, man. I, that's the best part of being in the band is that creative. You you bring something to the table. You think it's going to go somewhere, and then someone will do something. You're like, oh, okay, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do this. You know, that's constantly changing. I love all that. That's the best. And you part. don't you don't argue about it at all. No, only if it's right for the song. And that's a beautiful thing. Song mm. wins. It's always like, what's best for the song? Cool. Okay. And it's like, so there's never any ego, especially like if if he's brought a complete song, he's so happy for somebody to throw a suggestion to him. And he, mm, or, 100%. So that, that's what makes it special, where you know other bands is kind of like dictated or whatever. But no, I think I think it's like, it's special. It's like throwing stuff on a on a canvas. Sometimes it can be a bit too much and nobody's afraid of saying that. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's almost fighting. And then the do song. you go to the likes of David and, and Ian uh, Shiner 
and and say what well, we want this solo to be like this or there's certain them... things like I've, I've come up with solos and stuff and then but the beauty... you play guitar as well don't yeah, you? yeah yeah but the beautiful thing is is I, I can put that down on a demo and then the boys can play it better like uh, yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean course, so yeah. it's like yeah. and then again they add their flavour but there's songs where Dave has come up with a riff on this new album I think it was Wake Up or Take Down um, and then you know that sparks something to me and then bang I'm off to the races so it's it doesn't matter where it comes from it's about the end goal and the song wins it's never about uh, who brought what no Mm. Cool. Okay, right, we're going to go back to your choices. Um, Ronnie, this one you thought was an unusual one, so we're going to play it. Three Colours Red. Yeah, it's the first time it's made a radio station, which is fantastic. But yeah. Well, there you go. Yet again, got given the um, the album when I was in school. It was called Pua. So anybody hasn't heard of this band, they're a great British rock band. Sadly, they're not around. Um, yet again, a favourite of the band. Um, yeah. A lot of influence over our band as well. Um, we've got to meet members from the band as well as time has gone on, which is great and shared our love with them. Um, so, I, yeah, I just think they... They deserved more recognition. I seen them in Wembley um, supporting Aerosmith. All right. Um, yeah, it was a great day. It was uh, it was three colours: red, Stereophonics, Black, uh, Lenny Kravitz, Black Crows, um, and Aerosmith. So cool. I've, I've got to see this band. So it's one that I've suggested. I've got to see um, seen them a few times. But yeah, if you haven't seen them, um, if you haven't heard of them, go and check them out. Yeah, this track is called Nuclear Holiday. Three Colours Red. We just looked up um, some of their history. Um, Nuclear Holiday from the Pure album. Um, the guitarist is a guy called Chris Cormack. He's worked with a lot of people. And he's currently now in a band called The Professionals with Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. So he's yeah. got a, you know, he's been doing a bit. Yeah, Danny McCormack's brother. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that was like the spin off of the Wild Arts, as we said. It was um, same era. Um, just yet again, a band that uh, kind of reached out to us as up and coming grunge rockers, mm. whatever, and you could really relate to them, like you know. So. And I, I noticed uh, the other day on on the TV, Glenn Matlock has got a band called The Wingmen. Right. And he's done some stuff. He's an angry guy, <laughs> <laughs> particularly, particularly, particularly about Brexit. I think, yeah, yes, yeah. which yes. is understandable because it's ruined a lot of um, oh, situations man. for your for your touring and yes. stuff like that. So we're going to kind of uh, almost wrap it up now with um, one more song. But um, I want to thank you absolutely from the bottom of my heart for coming in and spending a bit of time from your busy schedule. She didn't even know we were going to do it till the end here tonight. <laughs> So thank you for that. And and is it is it is is those damn crows your full time occupation now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, did you you all had jobs to take it before? Yeah, I was a kitchen designer before. Really? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, designed Ronnie's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It's a true story. And give me his discount. I well. did. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah. I used to. I was. I kind of fell into the tattoo world for a bit. Oh, okay. not, not as a tattooist, just kind of run the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this kind of. Are you all? full-time with those damn crows now yeah yeah predominantly yeah yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. well it must be a full-time job because with all this stuff you've got coming up i mean this year is going to be a whirlwind for you i think 
Yeah, I think we left rehearsals earlier to come and meet up with yourself. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Shane will be back on the press as well tomorrow. Um, there's always something to do, even now when it's really cool, because even when he's, say, busy, or if I'm busy doing whatever, the other boys are doing stuff, preparing for the tour, there's stuff to be bought, there's a whole crew to kind of hook up with, make sure everything's ticking along, so it's exciting times. Love good, it. Good, Well, absolutely best of luck with the album and the tour and the in-stores and everything that you're doing. Um, I'm going to put it on record now, if you don't mind. I'd like to invite you in again in the near future, not obviously immediately, but, you know, maybe for the next album. Fantastic. You know where we are now. Yep. You know what we can do. We can, you know, three hours of your music. So, you know, please come in again. Because uh, it's taken me a while to get you here <laughs> with, the, with the COVID thing and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah you're very welcome uh, anytime. Thank you so much, thank man. We've so had a blast. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Andy. No problem. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. And um, we're going to finish with, uh, well, no, maybe not finish, but we're going to play uh, one more tune that you chose. Okay. Um, this is the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, wow. This is a band that also played the Beer Killer, uh, believe it or not, on wow. the, on the um, was it Gish tour? Gish, is that the album before this one? Is that you pronounce it? I think so. G I S H. <laughs> it's like fish with a Gish. G. Gish. Yeah. Yeah. But that was before this track. Right. So, um, yeah. Tell us why you chose this one. I, I, again, it's, it's, like the, it's growing up listening to the. the, the, the it's like the, a lot of these songs are like the soundtrack of our youth. Yeah. And this song in particular, I love how it starts with a lyric. The world is a vampire, and then bang, the bass is in. I love that. That's it's quite rare. Mm. Um, I just think he's got a really unique voice. Yes. I think the band is incredible. He's a really unique character, he, to he be He really fair. is. I've seen a couple of interviews, yeah. he's done podcasts and stuff, and he's got his own sort of, yeah, just the way he thinks about the world. Um, it's really interesting. Very unique guy. wrestling company as Apparently well. Apparently so. Yeah. I knew you were going to pick up on that. <laughs> Okay, let's play uh, the Smashing Pumpkins. The world is a vampire. The Smashing Pumpkins, bullets with butterfly wings, chosen by uh, Shane, my guest here tonight. Uh, once again, thanks to Shane and Ronnie for coming in, and I hope you've enjoyed it, guys. You've had and a blast, man. Yeah, I like you so much. Mate. Honestly, it's brilliant. And um, no more football injuries before the tour. <laughs> Please <laughs> take care on the road, and um, yeah, I hope it. I hope it goes well. I mean, if they're all sold out and. Swansea's close to selling out. This it's is going to be great. Just a few tickets for Swansea. So if anybody's like literally on the edge of thinking of it, there's there's not many tickets left. Cool. So yeah, great news. Yeah. Okay, we're going to finish with one of your anthems, "Rock and Roll Ain't Dead." You've certainly proved that over the last uh, couple of years, anyway. <laughs> so um, thank you again for coming in, and um, like I said, great luck with the album, great luck with the tour. I'm sure it'll go well. You don't really need my luck. Because I think it's going to do great for you, and I'm really hoping you do get that top ten. And I know I'm not supposed to say it because you know you're Touch touching it. wood again. Touch yeah. Wood, yeah, but I think it. I think it will. I really do. And more power to your elbow. Thank you so much. Thank you so really much. appreciate Thank it, you. bud. Thanks, guys. Rock and roll ain't dead.